Hey everyone. Hey, thanks for coming on back. Sorry about the sound complications today. I don't know what's going on. It must be the snow in the area. But I'm hoping that you're hearing me now as well as seeing me. And the team have been working wonderfully behind the scenes there. So that's really good. Hey, so a big welcome back. There we go. I hope you enjoyed that praise and worship. And Sarah will be back in a little bit to join me. And we'll do things a different way around today. If you missed the first comments, we were just saying we've got snow in England, but not here in Portsmouth in our microclimate. Sarah made a great joke about Portsmouth being the Florida of England, even though it takes about 10 hours to drive to Scotland. Portsmouth is very much the Florida of England. And the reason that I'm here today in the morning is across our congregations, we've got Christmas celebrations today happening, community events happening at three o'clock in our different locations. So I thought it's a wonderful opportunity to come and join Sarah in the studio online and spend some time with you live today. Brilliant. Well, I'm going to go ahead and share a word with you today. And then I'm going to invite Sarah back in to just pray and to tell you any other stuff that we may have missed with the disruptions that we had. Now, I want to talk today, not so much a Christmas message, though it could be, and I'm wearing a Christmas jumper, but rather a message that really helps us to understand what Christianity is. You see, when you look at the Christmas message, you see that incredible moment from when the angel comes to Mary and speaks of the coming of Jesus. And that's what we celebrate every Christmas time. But then there's a long journey, isn't there, of nine months. There's a pilgrimage that she takes that causes her to go from one place to another when Christ is born. I was considering these things and I was thinking, you know what? When we look at Christianity, the walk that we have with God, that's exactly what it is. It's a walk with God. Christianity isn't about a moment, but rather it's a journey that a person takes that has a beginning and has an end. And it can be an epic journey. It can be sometimes a confusing journey. But when we look at our Christianity as a walk with God, it really makes a lot more sense that he leads us from being who we are when we first meet him into becoming everything that he said we could be even before we were formed. Now, we believe in something called original design. By that, we mean that there's no mistakes in life. Every person who's alive is here because God wanted them alive and God had a plan for their life. I believe that when we give our lives to Jesus, we restart that plan and we start to walk with Jesus in the direction to the destination that he first intended for us. We could call it a journey or we could call it a pilgrimage. But God takes us from strength to strength. There's a lovely verse in Proverbs 84 that says this in a really, really good way. Verses five to seven. It says, blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through valleys of Baca, they make them places of springs. And I've heard people teach that before. But as they go through seasons of weeping, they turn those seasons of weeping into places of refreshment. But then it says in verse seven that they go from strength to strength until we appear before the Lord in Zion. So what is Christianity? Christianity is a journey that a person takes from the person that they are when they meet Jesus 
to the person that God always knew they would become. And when I think about that, I think, wow, it's like Jesus leads us like the good shepherd that he's referred to in the Bible from being an old creation, a person that we were before we meet Jesus, to being the new creation that it speaks about in 2 Corinthians, from being a person that's separated from God to becoming a person that's in unity and joined to God, a part of his family. Christianity really is about journeys. It's about the journey or a pilgrimage that a person takes when they decide, I'm going to be a follower of Jesus. Now, I love the Bible for many reasons, but one of the reasons is it's a book that's full of examples of journeys that people took from being one person to becoming another. Like I said, we all celebrate the journey of moving from being an old creation, separated from God, to being a new creation, now a part of God's family. But when you begin to read through the book of Genesis and other books, you see that God had journeys for specific people to take. Journeys that took them from who they were when he stepped into their world to who they would become according to who they would always be in his mind. Like I said, that's the same for each and every one of us. Think for a moment about people like Joseph, who started a journey with a dream and ended the dream or ended the journey being the prime minister that he saw he would be in that first dream. In between the dream given and that moment where he's saving a nation from famine, there's a long journey. I call it a God journey, where on the journey he became the man that God said he would be. Think about Daniel, a man that was brought into a kingdom that wasn't his kingdom. But we end up seeing Daniel ruling again in a nation. But in between the moment that Daniel's brought into Babylon to that moment where he's standing out, the man of an excellent spirit, there's a journey. It didn't just happen. It wasn't an overnight delivery. It didn't happen in 24 hours. It was a journey. I want to encourage you that maybe you're in a moment of your journey right now that feels unusual, strange. You're not sure what's happening. Then join the hundreds and thousands of people, many of them that we read of in the Bible, that had journeys with God, pilgrimages with God, where they went from strength to strength until one day they stood before him in Zion. I'm thinking again of Mary in the journey that she took. Even that journey that she took with Joseph in the moments before Jesus was born. She didn't need a journey in that moment, being highly pregnant, having nowhere to stay. But God always includes journeys in our walk with him. I think of Abraham, that Abraham starts off as Abram and then becomes Abraham. Abram meaning, you know, an exalted father. But God wanted to make him a father of many nations. And he took him from a moment of not having children. He takes him on this incredible journey of faith to having children, not just physical, but spiritual. And then we think about Sarah, this lady who's barren. And God speaks in to her life. I'm going to take you on a journey 
from being barren and having no children to being a really pleased uh, and exalted mother of many nations. Again, Abram and Sarah didn't wake up the next day and have a room full of babies. They started a journey of faith with God. Think of some people in the New Testament. We read about Saul becoming Paul. But God had a journey for Saul. And it started on the road to Damascus, where suddenly Saul met with Christ, had an encounter with Christ, and then started a journey from being a man called Saul to being a man called Paul, who wouldn't persecute the church, but would be one of the biggest builders of the church that history recorded. And again, there's a well-known example of Simon becoming Peter. But God meets his disciple. Jesus meets his disciple, Simon, and says to him, you're like a, a reed blown in the wind, but take a journey with me. And at the end of the journey, you'll no longer be Simon. You'll be Peter, a person comparable to a rock. You see, when we take a journey with God, we always become stronger. Like it says in uh, Psalms 84, we go from strength to strength till we see him face to face. It's interesting when you read in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, that often when there's a person experiencing a journey, there can sometimes also be a name change. God chose to step into people's world and say, I'm no longer going to call you Abram. I'm going to call you Abraham. I'm no longer going to call you Saul. I'm going to call you Paul. I'm no longer going to call you Simon. I'm going to call you Peter. Why? Because names always represented identities and the identities of a person. You see, the thing is, when we start to walk with God, so often he changes our identity. He changes us from being an old creation that's separated to being a new creation that's now a friend of God. And so when you look at God changing names what he's doing is he's speaking of what a person will be the other side of a journey that they take with him you know one of my favorites is Jacob when I read in the book of Genesis about Jacob I love the journey of Jacob but you see a journey that takes a man from being Jacob to being Israel Again, a man who experiences a name change, but the name change is just representing a huge, epic journey that's taken that's a life change. You start off reading about this man called Jacob, and the name itself, Jacob, means supplanter, a serper. Basically, the name Jacob means a liar, a cheater, somebody that's sneaky, somebody who's always operating under the table, cunning, crafty. That's really not a good name, is it? A supplanter. But you see, when God looked at Jacob, he saw the supplanter, the sneaky cheat that Jacob was. But God always knew the original design that he had for Jacob was that Jacob would take a journey with him and stop being Jacob and would become Israel, somebody who wrestled with God, 
somebody who triumphed victoriously with God, which is the meaning of the word Israel. Now, like I said, when you read the storyline of Jacob, it wasn't an overnight delivery. It wasn't UPS. It wasn't one moment Jacob was Jacob. And then he woke up the next day and he was Israel. No, there was this incredible journey, just as there'd been a journey for Joseph, just as there'd been a journey for Daniel, just as there'd been a journey for Saul becoming Paul. So we need to understand that our walk with God today is also a journey, that we're becoming everything that God has called us to be. That's why we've got to take courage today that you may be in a moment of the journey that's exciting and fun. Keep on walking with Jesus. Or maybe you may be in a part of the journey that's confusing and strange. Come on, think about Joseph on his journey when he was in prison for 14 years for something he never did. That must have been a confusing moment. But Joseph understood that it was exactly that, just a moment, a moment of an ongoing journey with God. So when you look at the life of Jacob, it really is an epic pilgrimage. You read about a man starting as Jacob, but even before his storyline starts, it's just really strange. You can read about the story of Jacob becoming Israel in Genesis from chapters 32 um, onwards, sorry, from chapters 25 to, to chapters 49. And it starts, this journey starts with a fight in the womb. Isn't that incredible? That Jacob's mum is pregnant and she has twins after being barren herself, the Lord blesses her. And, and the Lord comes to her and says, there's two nations within you. And you read about the starting of the storyline or the journey of Jacob and he's fighting his brother Esau in the womb and Esau is born first. But then later on, you read on about how Jacob cunningly takes the birthright away from Esau. Esau comes in one day and he's hungry. He's been out hunting. Esau despises his birthright and Jacob uses that moment being Jacob, being cunning to get Esau to give him his birthright for a bowl of stew. But later on, you see Jacob again under the influence of his mother, conning Esau, not out of his birthright, but out of his blessing. In those days, it was a huge thing when a father spoke a blessing over the oldest child. Now, there was a plan conceived between Jacob's mum and Jacob where they stole the blessing of Esau and, and he, he came dressed up with hairy goat skin on him, smelling like his brother. However you look at it, it wasn't genius. It was a cunning plan. Jacob was being Jacob under the influence of his mum and he steals Esau's blessing. And this causes him to have to run away. Esau's not happy about what he's done. Then you start to read. It's incredible. It's an epic story, a journey that we get to read in the book of Genesis. That suddenly he goes to marry a lady and suddenly he begins to get some of the consequences from the life he's beginning to live or he's been living. Where suddenly his father-in-law 
cheats him and he ends up working for seven years for a bride he never wanted and then works another seven years. That's 14 years to get the bride that he wanted. And then he has to work more years. It's just incredible. That's not an overnight moment. That's a journey someone's taken with God. And then all of a sudden he returns and he makes right with Esau. And you, you're led to this moment where he, he, he meets God at, at Bethel. But he's on this journey as Jacob and he's been cheating, he's been lying, he's conned his brother, he's done things right, he's done things wrong. But in this moment, he has an encounter with God and all of a sudden he goes to sleep and as you know in a dream, God shows him this, this staircase going from earth to heaven with God at the top. And suddenly in that moment, the reality or the actuality of God penetrates his life. And even though he'd been living in the knowledge of God from his grandfather, Abraham, and his father, Isaac, in that moment, all of a sudden, Jacob says, God is real. And his thinking changes and he begins to live in a different way. But then also then later on, you have that moment where he wrestles with God. This is just an epic adventure, a pilgrimage between uh, a man and God, somebody walking with God, not knowing the true design or the original design of their life. And all of a sudden you have this moment that you read about um, in Genesis chapter 32, where he finds himself in a wrestling match with God. I mean, that's incredible. Imagine that. And as God begins to pull away as the sun's rising, he won't let go. And God says to him, let go of me. He says, no, not until you bless me. And you know that he touches his hip and his hip goes out of joint and he never, cro- he never correctly walks the same again. To me, that's a picture of us when we walk with the Lord on a journey. But like Jacob, even though we don't understand what's going on, we don't quit. Because there's moments of encounter with God where all of a sudden, without warning, we have an awakening and we say, oh, my God is real. God is real. God really is with me. And we sense the blessing of the Lord on our life, maybe in a way that we've not understood or encountered before. But then there's other moments where we have a moment with God on the outworking of the adventure or pilgrimage we have with him, where it's like he touches our hip and he doesn't just change the way we think, but he begins to change the way that we walk. I want to encourage you. Your life with God isn't a moment. Salvation can happen in a moment. You know, the moment that a person says, I believe in you, Jesus, a journey begins A pilgrimage starts. But I want to encourage you that the Bible says that we will have moments where we go from strength to strength. But we'll also have moments where it's like we're walking through sad moments. But when we stay committed to walking with God and we don't quit, We have hearts that say, I'm staying on this journey. I'm staying on this pilgrimage with God. God will bring us through those sad times to times of rejoicing and times of thankfulness. Times where bits in the story suddenly make sense. You know, I think of the moment 
that God finally comes to Jacob and says, I'm changing your name. You are no longer Jacob, the man that you were when you started the journey. Now I call you Israel. Let me read these moments to you from Genesis chapter 32. And it's the moment where God and him had been wrestling. And it says in verse 27, the man asked him, what is your name? And this is God speaking to Jacob. What is your name? What have you been known as? Up to now in your life, what have you been known as? And he says, Jacob. Jacob answers, my name is Jacob. Cunning, conniving, getting things by lying, usurping, supplanting. But then in verse 28, it says, then the man, then God said to him, your name will no longer be Jacob. You will from this point be called Israel because you've struggled with God and with humans and you have overcome. I love this epic moment. In this moment, Jacob must have looked back through the corridor of time at the journey he'd been taking with God. Some of the journey with unawareness of God's presence and suddenly said, now it makes sense. The whole time in the good bits and the tough bits, in the bits where I did well and in the bits I didn't do so good. I was on a journey with you, God. I was on a pilgrimage with you where you always had a moment in your calendar where I was going to change from being Jacob to being Israel. Change from being one who supplants or lies and cheats to being one who wrestled with God and man and now walks in victory with God. Again, think of Joseph in that moment where he became prime minister. That morning he was in prison. By the end of the day, he was second in charge of a nation, bringing God's people, bringing a nation out of famine. He must have looked back and said, mm, now being thrown in a pit makes sense. Mm. Now being in a prison makes sense. You see, when you're in a moment on a journey, it very well may not make sense. But I want to tell you, just like Jacob, just like Joseph, just like Saul and Paul, just like uh, Peter when he became Peter and no longer Simon, if you stay on the journey with God, he'll cause you not to move from strength to weakness but from strength to strength. Sometimes it's the experiences of life that aren't funny, that aren't enjoyable, that can cause us actually to come to a, bla a greater place of strength with God or a greater place of strength of believing and trusting that maybe we were in before. God is committed to walking with you on your journey. God is committed to being alongside you on this pilgrimage that you're taking with him. Don't let moments or things that happen that may seem strange stop you walking the journey that you've been walking with Jesus. To me, more and more, I get excited 
that Christianity isn't a moment, but Christianity is a journey. I get excited that I get to walk on a pilgrimage with God, where God is taking Andy from being one version of Andy to the version of Andy that he always knew that Andy could be. I want to encourage you, when it comes to your life, God's not making it up as he goes along. God has a plan and a purpose for you. So my encouragement is simple today. Stay on the journey with God. Let him change your name. Let him change your experience of life from maybe things that you've known to things that are beyond anything you could ever dream. All God needs you to do is not quit. Stay on the journey. And like us all, he'll change us from who we were into who he promised we would become. Let me encourage you with those words again. Blessed is the person whose strength is in the Lord. Make sure today your strength is in the Lord, whose heart is set on pilgrimage, whose heart is set on taking a journey, an adventure with God, on not quitting, but keeping on walking with him. Because the Bible promises that they will go from strength to strength. Let me pray for you. Maybe you're on a moment of journey. Like I said, that you're celebrating and everything's good. I praise the Lord for that. We love those moments of the journey. But maybe you're on the journey today and you need strength. You need hope. You need a fresh encounter. You need a moment like Jacob had at Bethel with God this morning. You need a moment where you sense his reality. I'm going to pray that you would have such a moment today. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for those that are watching today. Thank you for those who have taken a journey with you over many years, maybe those who have taken it just over a few months. Father, help each and every one of us today to understand that this thing called Christianity is a journey with God. It has a beginning and it has an end. But Jesus, you never leave us and you never forsake us. You walk the journey. You walk the pathway with us. Father, I pray strength for those that need strength today. I pray hope for those who need hope today. Thank you, Lord, that, Lord, one day we get to see you face to face in Zion. But before that day, we can know your hand guiding, in us, guiding us and leading us from strength to strength. Strengthen hearts today, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Sarah, welcome back. <laughs> Thanks. Sorry we had some complications and issues there, but hey. You let people know about my jokes, so thanks yeah, for that. Yeah, Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we got Sarah back. Right. That was a really, really encouraging message. I've taken loads and loads of notes. And I was just thinking while you were talking, there's a lot of people that I know of that are watching today that are stuck in that this isn't fun time. Yeah. And I know you've been through those times as well, but I wanted to ask you if you had any advice for people who... 
thinking specifically about Jacob, who was separated from his family, mm. from his own actions, possibly. Um, but Joseph was separated from his family by things that they'd done to them. And we're talking years of separation for these people away from their families. How do they deal with that? We, we were having a conversation in the Connect group, like, what was that like for Joseph when people said, oh, who are your family? Where are you from? Go, well, they tried to kill me and they left me for dead. My dad probably thinks I am dead. Like, how do you keep your heart right through those really rough seasons when people have disowned you, left you for dead? shipwrecked your life really yeah i think for jacob we see a man that comes to right conclusions you know he'd made all this series of mistakes and lies and cheating <clears throat> then he knows he needs to go back and make right with esau and there's always something about a heart that's repentant mm -hmm. the heart that says i want to get this right now but god will always meet with that person with joseph i think joseph like we preached a few weeks ago was just a man but number one, had his faith in God that was faith that was beyond something he was currently going through. Again, 14 years is a long time. Yep. The thing I love about Joseph is the way that he kept his heart good. Mm. He said, I don't understand this, God, but I trust you. I don't understand why this is happening, but I trust you. He knew he was on a journey. And again, you know, he names his kids Manasseh and Ephraim, which means, you know, I'm not being held by what happened in the, in the land with my fathers or in the land where I'd been a slave. And I just see in Joseph an incredible ability to just go, I trust you, God, even though I haven't got a clue what's going on. And in Jacob, I see a man that says, you know what, it's time for me to do right now. I've lived years of not doing right. And I think when I look at my own life, Sarah, I can see years where I lived in stupidity, rebellion, um, pride, arrogance. Um, but God always, because he's on the journey with you, brings you to a moment when you say, I don't want to do this anymore. And that's my hope for people watching, that maybe in this moment, the frustration you could be experiencing is number one, helping you to reach deeper into God. And say, I'm going to put more trust in you, more faith in you than ever before. This world can't help me. Only you, God, only you. Or it may say, no, it's time for me to up my game. And, you know, whether you're walking the route of Jacob or the walk of Joseph, it's decisions, key decisions. Yeah, I think it's really important. And I love what you said when you talked about um, Joseph a few weeks ago and just about how his heart was always focused on God and his heart was always right. So when his brothers did come back, he had the right heart. He didn't have to, like, oh, I need to go and, and sort myself out and get my heart right towards my brothers. He was ready for that yeah. moment, wasn't he? And I think people find that really difficult when they're hurt by other people, they're hurt by Christians, and they feel like they've been robbed of what God has for them. But my other question was, what do you do if you don't know the specifics that God has for you? Because a lot of the people that we know from the Bible, God had said really specific things over their lives. And for the rest of us, some of us are just, you know, I love the Lord and I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing. But they don't have this great, you know, God's going to bless me with this or he's going to make me a prime minister or he's going to give me a huge family. Mm. Yeah, how do people, what do people hang on to? when they're just, they feel like this is average life, but I actually want it to be the best life. Well, number one, we've got to bear in mind, Sarah, that we read the storylines of these people. They never had the book. Yeah. They were in the book. 
And it's like when you read about the disciples, when you read about Jacob, when you read about Joseph, it would have been brilliant if they could have said, all right, let me just have a look at page 43 (laughs) to see what happens next. Each of these men and women of God were walking in current unawareness. But like you said, they had a promise. But I think if you would have interviewed them in the moment when the promise had been given, it would have been so vague. Mm. It's like we have promises. I've always learned, Sarah, faithfulness is key. Mm -hmm. And I've always committed in my life, if I'm in an in-between moment, to stay faithful to what he last asked me to do. Yeah, that's good advice. You see some Christians and they're like, oh, I've stopped serving, I've stopped going to church, I've stopped doing this, I'm in an in-between moment. That's not how you handle an in-between moment. When you're going from one door to another door, you leave this door with faithful service, just continuing to do. And when you look at the life of Joseph, even when he was in prison, he was prophesying, he was interpreting dreams, he was staying physically and spiritually fit in God. So to answer that question, it's number one, realize that none of them understood that they were going to be in a book. Yeah. And nor do we. But one day we will look back on the journey or the book of our life and be able to interpret it. Oh, that happened because this was going to happen, because this was going to happen. But like it's been said so many times, at the moment we're living in the messy side of the tapestry. Yeah. Now, we've heard that example many times, that if you look at the bottom of a tapestry, it just looks like threads everywhere, and you're like, what is this? But then if you turn the tapestry over, there's a beautiful picture. And I think when we're walking with God in our daily lives, it's messy. It can be confusing. It can be shocking. It can be fun. It can be an adventure. But sometimes it can be more like a nightmare. But it's trusting God. It's trusting God. To me, what promise did you give me last? What promise have I not seen yet? Because heaven and earth will pass away. If that's a promise of God, mm-hmm. it's going to happen. God will move mountains. God will move people. And I think that was the confidence of Joseph mm-hmm. when he was walking around the prison for 14 years. He said, I, I know what God said And it hasn't happened yet. So I'm just going to stay faithful to God and to what he's called me to do until I see with my eyes open what I've seen with my eyes shut. Mm. And he was really blessing people in that season, wasn't he? He was still praying. Everyone that kind of came into contact with him was really blessed by his life. He wasn't sat there feeling sorry for himself, waiting for my moment. When my moment happens, I'll be ready. But he was just kind of taking every day as it came. If we believe, which we do, like we preached this morning, that Christianity is a journey, then we have to understand that journeys involve transitions. Mm -hmm. And most people I speak today, don't be afraid if this is you also. Most people I speak to today are experiencing an element of transition. Mm -hmm. And for some people, they're like, oh, God's left me. No, he hasn't left you. He's moving you from one experience to another. It's like, you know, when there's an eagle and it comes for the time for the little eagles to fly and they won't leave the nest. (laughs) 
you know, people have preached it for years. The big eagle or the mother eagle will begin to dismantle the nest. Now, imagine if you're a little eaglet in there. I don't know if that's what they're called. Are they eaglets? We've made it all right. right. Now. And you're in there and suddenly your mum, who's been feeding you, is dismantling the nest. Is that because mama eagle suddenly took a hate towards you? No, it knows that you need to be a strong flying eagle and she has to help enable the transition. I think sometimes a loving heavenly father will remove things from our life, cause transitions that we could perceive as you're not kind, God. But he is kind, mm. ever loving. Mm. And whatever God does, you can trust him. But he's causing you to experience a transition because he sees the you at the end of the journey. But the problem is we haven't seen that you yet. That's why we walk by faith and not by sight. Brilliant. I think that was all the questions I had. If you have questions, drop the questions in. We'll ask him off air and get them posted. Honestly, I take loads of it's, it's about not quitting. I mean, this morning, we suddenly had a breakdown with sound stuff. And we could have said, oh, who needs this? Let's go home. We said, no, we're gonna, we are going to make this work. Yep. I call it staring at life like Gareth Southgate stares at a football pitch. <laughs> have you ever seen that look? Yeah. When, he's like, when, when they zoom on to him, you know, exactly. and he's like... <laughs> I want to stare at life like Gareth Southgate stares at a football match. Yep. Intensely, I'm in, I'm involved. And again, we can't really talk about the result. Um, that's not good. We'll we probably get a French lot of bad viewers, comments. Though. We have French viewers, so let's not even go there. Okay. <laughs> but there's the lesson for the day. Don't quit. Don't be a quitter. Don't leave the journey that you're on with God because you actually never leave it. Yeah. He always brings you back. Don't learn lessons you don't need to learn by quitting when you shouldn't quit. Stay connected to God and stare at God's purposes for your life like Gareth Southgate stares at a football team when it's playing on the pitch. I used to keep a book of your quotes, do you know that? Things like that would, would that have been in, in there, the, that, that would have gone in yeah. the book of quotes. Yeah. I'm going to find that. <laughs> <laughs> We've had a couple of prayer requests in past okay. Okay. Um One of them is about the building collapse in Jersey. Yeah, and sounds... actually some of our congregation have family in Jersey and they're a bit concerned for them. So obviously people are still missing. Um, so we should pray for that. And also a gentleman called Ian who has been diagnosed with cancer. Okay. Um, he has uh, family, grandchildren, children, and they're all um, just waiting for God to do something. And I know that the theme of the messages that we've been sharing with the online congregation over the last few weeks have been about how sometimes you just need God to show up, like you've said today, in those difficult mm. times, that these are troubling times. And actually, sometimes it's not about God just changing everything and making it better, but turning up in that situation and showing us how to deal with it. So sometimes I just want to encourage people that God is with you in this situation. He was with all of these men that you've yeah. talked about today in their situations. So um, shall we pray for these people? Yeah. Do you want me to pray? Yes, please. Okay. Father, we pray for those who have put in this prayer request today, that they're in moments that seem strange or confusing. God, make yourself known in these moments, we pray. Father, that's the greatest prayer that we can ask today. Lord, for those affected by what's happening in Jersey, Father. Lord, give them a Bethel moment. For this family experiencing this journey through cancer and the effects of it. Lord, what they need 
is a Bethel moment, a fresh encounter with you. Father, I pray for others who are watching today, who have needs, who are in moments of life that don't seem to make sense. Lord, would you make yourself so real? Would you enable an encounter, a Bethel moment, where suddenly they realise the closeness of your presence and the actuality of your love for them and those involved? Lord, we lift up these people in prayer and we also lift up, Father, those who are experiencing homelessness today. Lord, as we look at the frozen streets around the studio and the snow on the ground around the country. We're conscious of those who don't have a roof, warm food, a a safe place to go. Again, Lord, would you make yourself known, your provision and your protection known to those who are on the streets at this time. Lord, we pray these things knowing that you love people and you're committed to the journey of our lives. Amen. Amen. Thank you. So um, before we let you go, we need to tell you that you can tithe. You can bring your tithes and offerings virtually. Um, If you're not in a congregation this morning, you could still click which congregation you're on on the online form. So if you go to the website, family.church forward slash give, you can give your tithes and offerings online and select which congregation you attend or would like to give your tithes and offerings to. So you can go ahead and do that now. I also need to tell you that next week is our online social, Christmas social after the service. So I'll post the details so you can join us for that. There will be fun and games. You will need to bring your own snacks, obviously, but you can have a Christmas celebration from the comfort of your own home. And last year, it's hilarious no pressure Antonio but we're expecting the same kind of fun this year Um, but if people live locally to a congregation this afternoon we've got Christmas Spectaculars for them yes we do and we have Christmas Spectaculars community Christmas events happening across our congregations Um, I know that most of them are starting around 3pm but you may want to get there about Mm 2pm and they're going to be super Christmassy so don't get there late don't do lastminute.com get there I think they're going to be packed events then also next Sunday we've got our online congregation and we've got our in-person congregations they're going to be super carol service tingly it's going to be amazing you know what Sarah I want to take a moment now just to thank you and Mark and Antonia and the team for what you do on online church that every Sunday um, Sarah and the team are here every Sunday morning uh, doing online church for those who can't get to church or maybe at home sick or maybe in other nations that have made family church their home. And I just want to say a big thank you, Sarah, for all that you and Mark and the team do. And uh, I think it's amazing. And maybe today you're watching online church and you're like, yeah, why don't I tune in more? And, you know, maybe you're doing shift work or something like that. Listen, Sarah and the team are always here on a Sunday morning, just as we're meeting in person in our different congregations. Sarah and the team are always here as well. But um, I just think that we've got good things ahead in this next year. We do. And we need to just go, all right, Lord, let's just forget some of the bits of the journey where we didn't get it right. Let's focus our gaze like... 
Gareth Southgate on a football, <laughs> on a football pitch, pitch when we're watching the game. <laughs> and let's get ready for what God wants to do in 2023. Yeah, absolutely agree. The online congregation get up at all ridiculous times of the night and the morning and, and to just be with us. What time us. do some of the guys get up? Five o'clock. So <laughs> 10 o'clock is our online call. And so we've got people that get up at five o'clock in the States and also... Um, in the Caribbean, and so we've got people watching from all over. We've got people watching late at night, or so from India, um, and so they're they're a hardcore congregation, I That's have to awesome. say. Well done, guys. But I think this message will really, really help them. Yeah. So um, I'm really excited about that. I'm excited to unpack that on Thursday night with everybody when we do our connect group. Yes, I manage to plug it every single week. <laughs> and why not? <laughs> So that's it from us today. Thanks for sticking with us through all the technical difficulties. Uh, we really appreciate you and value you if you're watching for the first time. I hope you've got a lot out of today and took as many notes as I